0: And I'm going to talk on. I'm going to call this the fourfold state of man. The fourfold state of man. That's almost what a Puritan wrote one time. I didn't read the book. I read part of it. But Thomas Boston, in 1720, wrote human nature in its fourfold state. And thinking about that, uh, I want to preach on the the, the what I'm going to call the fourfold state of man. And what happened was many years ago. You know, I got good memories. And a long, long time ago, I went to Memphis Baptist College for a while to take some New Testament Greek. That was down here at Thrift Haven Baptist Church, right down here on Chelsea, not too far from here. And then that little Thrift Haven at that time was a small church, they had a Memphis Baptist College, a little bitty college. And I went there and took Greek. I had a great teacher, Harold Clark. We had a speaker to come to the chapel service. And uh, he read a text and preached from it. And it had an impact on me. I'd never forgotten it, never forgotten it. So I'm going to read you the text, and then hope you'll be praying for me. I want to bring some practical lessons out tonight I hope it will help all of us. So here's the text. It's over in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Luke 2, 52. Now, I'll never forget this as long as I have a sound mind What this man preached. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That's loaded with theological content. I'm not going to talk about the theological content tonight. I want to bring a practical lesson. That's an amazing thing when you think about it. The theological con, it's, it's deep. So Jesus increased in wisdom. He's God, right? Well, he is God, he, but he had a human nature. And so I don't know how to do all that right now. And I'm not going to try to get in the deep water of the theological concept of that. But it's true. He always had all knowledge, never was anything but omniscient. But uh, in one sense, in a human nature, he created knowledge. I'm not going to try to explain that now. He increased in stature. Well, we know he grew. We know he was born as a just like any other baby. Born, uh, of course, the conception was different, but he developed in the womb and uh, was born like any other baby. And he grew. And we know he was an adolescent at one time, at 12 years old. We found out about him. And he grew to, be, to manhood. So he increased in stature. Uh, he also increased in wisdom. Uh, I mean, and in, fa- in favor with God. And that, that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, God always loved him totally. And I don't know how to explain that either. But I do know that on two occasions God said, This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. When he had baptized, he said that. Now the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus revealed some of his glory there to Peter, John, and James, that all of them very much, he said, This is my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased, hear him. But in one sense, he creased with stature, I mean, and fed with God, and fed with man. Uh, so we know some men hated him, so I, like I say, that's a that's loaded. With theological content, but I'm not going to talk about the theological part now. I'll get some practical lessons out of it, okay? So I'm just saying this that man has got a fourfold nature. And I'm getting this out. What I'm going to do is talk about that a little bit. One of them is he had a mental and emotional nature. I'm going to put those together mental and emotional nature. And the reason I want to talk about this, each one of these elements affects all the other elements, We you keep all of them under control. If one of them gets out of whack, they get all of them out of whack. So we've got to be unified in this and work on all of these. So I do hope today, tonight, I know you'll remember everything I say. hope each of you, you get something you can take home and work on to help you is what, I'm, what I hope will happen. So wisdom uh, is the mental and emotional part. Then uh, also he said he increased in stature. That's the physical nature. And they're very important. Physical nature is extremely important. Uh, our bodies are very important. They have a great effect on us, as we know, when we lose our health. And then, also, uh, he said he increased in favor with God. That would be a spiritual nature. and favor with man, that would be a social nature. So I will to talk about how those interact. It would be our mental nature and our uh, physical nature, our spiritual nature, and our social nature. So let's give some, I hope you listen carefully. I think you are, and give some practical implications. All right. First of all, let's talk about Mental. Uh, uh, the, the wisdom, I'm getting mental and emotional. So i talk about mental first, then emotional. All right, look, folks, we got minds that God's given us, and we need to use them to glorify God. Let me read you a scripture you know very well. We don't need to be mentally lazy. We have a generation of people who are mentally lazy. That's one reason we're easily brainwashed by the media. That's why we can take these sound bites and fool everybody. People are not thinking anymore. They don't read anymore. And I want to encourage our young people, most of you are above average kids, and I'm glad you are. Some of you are going to Christian school, some of you are being homeschooled. And I'm glad that you're being taught to read and to use your minds because God wants us to use our minds to think with. That's a spiritual thing to use our minds because God has commanded us to use our minds. Our minds are a wonderful thing. We can't describe how great our minds are. They may have a lot of these so-called artificial intelligence that people are worried about today. They'll never duplicate the human mind, never be able to do that. And it's a unique quality that God's given us. So use your mind. Let me give you two scriptures on the mind. One of these is Matthew 22:37. 37. So I want to encourage you. What I'm saying, I want to encourage you to be, to be read, to, to, to use your mind, to think. Learn how to think. In the culture we live in, most of the ideas of our culture are wrong. See, when I, when I was your age, you, some of you kids, most of our culture was pretty correct. Most people had values. Even on television, they had family values, had family programs. And so you can kind of trust mainly. Most of the things that you heard in the paper, read in the paper, stuff like that, you have, you know, that wasn't perfect, but you can't, you can't do that anymore. There's a concentrated effort by Satan using all the outlets of media and information to distort truth. It's, it's just insane what's going on today. It's getting worse all the time. So use your minds. Learn to think. Learn to think, okay? Learn to read. Don't believe everything you hear. Learn to evaluate things. Use that mind God has given you. Memorize things. Your memory works good because I, you know how I'm a nut on memorizing scripture. I hope I'm glad I, you ought to be, too. And also, you know, in the old days, if you've ever read Little House on the Prairie, not only did they have spelling bees, they had history bees. I bet if I asked some of you some questions right now, you'd be embarrassed about date, giving you dates. What happened on this date in American history? What happened on this date in world history? Some of you know, some of you said you're better than average than most educated schools by, by public schools. You might do better than everybody, but you still might not be where you ought to be. That have history bees. And that, that, that have all kinds of things where they use their minds. Our minds are better than we think we are. Don't be lazy. Don't. And we live in a time of media, watching media, and it's passive. See, we're not active in that. Be active in your thinking. It's hard work, but it's fun when you get into it. It's kind of like lifting weights. You first start lifting weights, it's not very much fun. You're getting, you're getting sore, and you just can't do much. But the more you do, and you get, uh, get that body strong, you enjoy that. And my friends, we use that mind... You also enjoy using that mind to the glory of God. So let me read you the scripture about that. This is over Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said unto him, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind." That's one of God's commandments. We need to love Him with all of our mind. And I looked up the scripture. I would not have you ignorant. I will not have you ignorant, brethren. I will not have you ignorant. You know how many times? I've six times in the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Six times in New Testament, I will not have you ignorant, brethren. God not, doesn't want to be ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean you're dumb. It means you don't know anything. That's literally not knowing. You call somebody ignorant, you're not necessarily insulting them uh, by saying you're stupid, but you, are, you still may feel insulted. You're saying you're ignorant. You know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. And my family, many people today don't know what they're talking about. Most of the talking heads we see don't know what they're talking about. So use your mind. That's mental, okay? Also, emotions. We have emotions. And our emotions affect, now our mentality, first of all, affects everything about us. How we think. And a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? Ideas have consequences. By the way, I'll give you a little advertisement right now. There's a podcast I wish some of you listened to called Ideas Have Consequences. A guy I just discovered not long ago, he's a real good Christian. Now, from Birmingham, he's a genius. Larry Alex Taunton has this podcast called Ideas Have Consequences. It's amazing. But ideas do have consequences. So, uh, you know, the, there's an idea somebody, some, some, you say, well, this is a stupid idea. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, even Francis Crick, who discovered the DNA, he had this, he advocated, and you say, well, that, nobody's ever going to do that. When a baby's born, don't decide to let him live to give some mental tests and some other tests to see if he's worthy of living. Now, that hadn't happened yet. I hope it hadn't happened yet. It may have happened in some places. But I guarantee you, if we live long enough, something like that will probably happen someday. Ideas have consequences. Ideas have consequences. Used to, when I studied history, I loved to study, uh, you know, uh, exciting history, like wars. And I still like that. But I didn't like the history of ideas. The most important history there is is the history of ideas. I need to have consequences. Now, so our mind affects everything. But my friend, our emotions do too. Our emotions do. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, Let's contrast. And I wish I had a a time for every four or five sermons on this. But I don't right now. But our emotions are important. We can learn to control our emotions and develop our emotions. We're obligated to. Some people say, well, that's just the way I am. I can't help it. That's the way my daddy was. Well, your daddy is probably wrong. Let me give you an example of that. This is going to be kind of funny. This came up with Jay Adams. Well, I can't control my temper. It's just me. I'm blessing my family out. All of a sudden, the phone rings. Guess what you do? Hello. This is where you can be your boss. See what I'm saying? You can't control yourself. We can learn to control our emotions, and we need to do that. Emotions are wonderful, but not wonderful out of control. Let me give you, I wasn't going to say this, but I will. I think it will make a good point. I love to be emotionally stirred. I am stirred almost every time we come to church. I lo- and I, That's good. I'm stirred by the right things. These hymns amaze me. Sometimes I don't even sing. I want to listen to you sing. Sometimes I want to sing as loud as I can to praise God Almighty. But my friend, many people are stirred by their emotions not in the right way. I'm gonna get, this is a real true story. I got a one time Rachel Green gave me a copy of the Texas Magazine. And the article, I still got it. It's called An Atheist Go to Church. And here's the way it went An Atheist went to church. So, this guy's a writer, an atheist, and so he went to church at First Dallas Church, where a great big old church, and Dr. W.A. Chriswell used to be the pastor. You may remember Chriswell. He had a real famous minister. Good looking man, big old chest, big old head on him, man, uh, an eloquent man. I mean, he really was. He was something else. He, he could have been an actor. And so, uh, he was a famous man, W.A. Chriswell. Preached through the whole Bible, you know, brother, that Chriswell. Well, this atheist says, he goes to First Baptist Church. He says, first of all, the orchestra comes in, because they had an orchestra, like they did at Bellevue. And they came in very slowly playing, very quietly playing, I am bound for the promised land. Real quiet. They marked on down the aisle, and they, got, they took their places up where they sit. Then, they kept on playing, I am bound for the promised land. And here comes the choir. They're singing, I am bound for the promised land. And those guys are still pray, I am bound for the promised land. All of a sudden, they get to the climax and W.A. Criswell jumped out of the side door there. That big old Bible of in that pulpit. Looks like a lion almost. The symbols clash. The kettle rams go. And they get the, I'm bound for the promised land. And this guy said, I don't even believe in God. I got excited. See, we can get our emotions excited, but things are not. But, but, the, but I'm talking about the not good emotions. We, can, our emotions have, we have an emotional nature. God knows that. So let me read one place tonight. I guess I'll just confine myself mainly. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Now, I'm just going to read this, don't comment a whole lot, but I hope I'll give you some maybe uh, soft oats where you want to go ahead and do some study on your own. There's some contrast here in uh, the fifth chapter of Galatians. Now, I'm going to start about the works of the flesh and then the fruit of the Spirit. And there are, all of these are emotions. Most of these are emotions. So here we go, 19, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are these. Uh, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, because that's an action, not an emotion; fornication, uncleanness. Uh, let's see. God going to me. Don't be embarrassed about my eyes. Sometimes I have a hard time with light, so I'm, sometimes it messes me up. Don't. I'm not, it's not, I'm not worried. If you don't worry about it. Uh, unclean, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Here we go. Hatred. Variants, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. And that heresy means calling divisions. So those are bad emotions. Bad emotions. There are emotions. Some of them are wrath, uh, strife, sedition, all that is. Envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you, also told you in time past, that they which do such things should inherit the kingdom of God. Now some of those were emotions. Not all of them were. But let's contrast that with the fruit of the Spirit. This is what we need to develop, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. How about that? Joy. Isn't it good to be joyful in the Lord Jesus Christ? My friend, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm thrilled at Great Chapel. The last few years, I don't know how to put a timeline on it now. We have magnificent psalm services. I don't know where you since that or not. I've always enjoyed the psalm services, but it looks like to me, maybe it's just me, I don't think it's just me. You know, it's good to be in the congregation too, isn't it? When I was in the hospital... For nine days and had to stay home and get it live stream. And have, not only while I was in the hospital, but a few weeks, I couldn't go to church. But I enjoyed watching live stream. i tell you, when I got back in church and I was with the congregation. I cried through the whole song service. I was so thrilled to be there. And the words meant more than they ever meant to me. Boy, look at these words we're saying here. Look how we're worshiping. God made us to worship together and be filled with joy. All right. Peace. The world doesn't have any Peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, how about gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, that's self-control. I'll say something about that in a minute. Against such there's no law. Isn't that wonderful? So, friend, we, we had an emotional nature. Now, I'm going to give one scripture in addition to that. It's 2 Timothy seven. I want to get part of that. God had not given us the spirit of fear. That means cowardice. That literally means cowardice. God had not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love of a sound mind. Now I want to talk about sound mind for a minute. In the Greek, that means a self-controlled mind. That's our emotions. I can't control my emotions. I did today, but Judy really kind of ticked me off today. She used, I mean, it was my own fault, but you know what? I, I, I decided to keep my mouth shut. And I kind of, it wasn't anything, it, it wasn't a big deal at all. For a minute, or a bit, she hit my hot button. It was on our way to the hospital. And I started to say, Mama, and just give her a good dose. I bit my cotton picking tongue. I'm glad I did. It wasn't worth a flip anyway. I forgot, I forgot what it was now. That's how important it was. But I can control my emotions, I can control my actions, I can control my temper. I'm going to give you a little secret too. Judy's not here tonight, so I can do it. Some things she does annoys me. So I've got a technique I'm going to start using. I've already used it a little bit. It works. Okay, this annoys me, but I'm going to start saying, you know what? Isn't that cute? That's you want her idiosyncrasies. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. I heard about a man, a counselor at one time. He said, my wife drove me crazy for years. She had never closed her drawer. I said, close those drawers or you open them. And, honey, I won't tell you, she'd forget to, to close the drawers. And the poor old thing just never could get to close on the drawers. So one day he said, you know what, honey? Do You never have to close another drawer. I'm closing the drawers right here from now. Closing the door is not important. We need to maybe get upset about the important things, but my, most things we get upset about, they're not even important. We just let them fester. Another story I heard about a man once, a true story. He was an engineer. He was real well-ordered, did everything. He liked for everything just to just be in place. His wife was just opposite of that. So he noticed one time in the kitchen uh, corner, of the, there's, a, there's a cobweb up there. Well, I know my wife will get that cobweb. She never got the cobweb. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. So finally he went off on her. Why didn't he get the cobweb down? See what I'm talking about? So we can control our emotions. We must control our emotions. So now let me go back to that sound mind. A self-controlled mind. Here's what, here's what a self-controlled mind is. Just get the reins together, but the Bible. Okay, we all are afraid something's going to bad happen to us, aren't we? And we can just go into a panic. And people have panic attacks. We, can, we, we need to control that. If my mind gets a going out, and it does sometimes, what's, what are we coming to? We're trillions of dollars in debt, not billions anymore. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? When I was in the hospital, we had a wreck in my car. Had a side swipe by somebody. And I worry, what am I going to do about this? Well, I, I, we've got a better car than I've ever had right now. And I didn't have to even worry about it. So God, you took care of that. We worry about things like that. And sometimes we may have a vulgar mind. We've got we this lust or something that begins to bother us. We can say, hey, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. God, you helped me. By the Holy. That's, I'm not going there. I'm not going to let my mind go there. I'm gonna get mad at somebody or have some bitterness. I'm just not going there. We need to. Jesus says that something. I'm not going there. We need to do that. So I'm not gonna say a whole lot more about emotions. But don't you see how emotions control us? I can read my Bible all day long. I can have my mind, my mental nature okay. But if my emotional nature is out of whack, it's going to affect everything, isn't it? So emotions, emotions. All right. Now physical. Jesus grew in increasing wisdom and stature. I mean, in wisdom and stature. So here's our stature. I'm just going to say this. Let's, listen, our, you know what our bodies are? You know what our bodies are? They're the temple of the Holy Ghost. They're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And they're wonderful to have a good body. To have a body, even a, even a body's not all that good, is a wonderful thing. But to have the body most of you have is wonderful. You kids don't know what you've got. David said in Psalm 139, 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. It's amazing what we can do. We have eyesight, we have ears, we can hear. Daniel can't see right now, he's going to see one of these days. He'll be seeing all the place up in heaven. He's a remarkable hero, amazing to me what he can do now. I'll hit my hats off to old Daniel. We we have wonderful, he can think. We have wonderful bodies. Let's take care of our bodies. Sometimes we don't. And I don't want to be an aesthetic. That means it's just too self-disciplined. We need to be self-disciplined. You know what? You know what one of the sins of the Bible is. And it bothers me. I'm working on it. It's gluttony. You think, well, brother, like you know all that fat. Well, you know, I'm still a glutton though. I've got to watch it. I'm not kidding. Uh, I've got to be careful about that. And I'm convicted about that. Take care of the Holy Ghost, the, the the holy temple of the Holy Ghost that God has given you. B- b- don't even be a workaholic. Work hard. Don't be a workaholic. Uh, let me tell you this. I won't go to it. It's over in the book of Kings. But you remember how Elijah had that big contest with those priests? And, man, that must have been hard work killing 450 priests. That would be kind of a slaughterhouse, wouldn't it? So he had to work pretty hard that day. <laughs> he got real depressed right after that. God gave him a great victory. He got real depressed. He went out in the wilderness. And you know what the angel told him? Because God told the angel to tell him that. He said, eat and get a, take a nap. Now, it doesn't say that in Hebrew, take a nap, but that's what he said to do. You eat and sleep. You've got to get some rest, Elijah. You. You've been through a big, that was in the Bible for a reason, isn't it? And I've got a scripture for you on that too. Jesus Christ, this over in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And he said to them, this is Jesus talking now to his disciples. Come ye yourselves apart to a desert place and rest a while, for they were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to rest, My, to eat. I mean, sometimes we just need, you know, don't feel guilty about taking a vacation. Now, don't take a whole life of vacation. That's why some people live a whole life of vacation. People who are conscientious, I just want to, I have to flush the act a little bit. I can kind of workaholic, uh, maybe not totally workaholic, but he sometimes he don't know how to rest. I'm going to kind of get on him now, buddy. You don't know how to rest. Don't feel guilty. If you're a conscientious individual, don't worry about resting. Now, if you're a lazy cotton picker, I say, get off and get, a, get, get on it. I get a pitchfork after you. But if you're a conscious individual, like most of you are, take care of yourselves. Get proper sleep. Try to eat right. Take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's a great evangelist from Scotland named Robert Murray McShaney. He overdid it. He worked too hard. He knew he worked too hard. He got His health broke. He died young. And before he died, he said, God gave me a good a message to, and a good horse. He meant his body. God gave me a message and a good horse to deliver it. I done kill the horse now. I can't deliver the message. Isn't that something? So I'm encouraging you, my friend, physically. And let me say this also. Uh, the devil is a dirty fighter. If you're physically hurting, your mind just begins to go crazy. Jimmy Barber is one of the most strong-minded people I've ever met. I, I admire Jimmy Barber. We talk almost every day on the phone. I tell you, lately, he had a sickness he had. I've never seen anybody go down like Jimmy did for a while. He's okay now. He, he was in the, I've never seen anybody that low on the dumps. So, and, and we need to cut each other some slack too. Sometimes somebody may be real irritable. Well, they shouldn't be irritable. Let's cut some like slack. That's a human being. They maybe have some physical malady they're going through. I'm always saying be kind to everyone. Everybody's fighting something. So, husband and wife need to remember that, don't we? That, uh, we and kids, we, we all need to remember that. We are frail and we need to get one thing about Robert E. Lee. I read one time a book about Robert Leo, Leadership. And Lee was a believer, he had a pick but he had a believer in sovereign grace. And this book said one reason that made him a great leader was since he knew that men were totally depraved, he didn't go off on his generals when they made mistakes. He, didn't, he wanted them to do right, but he didn't expect perfection out of them. Because, and that's how we ought to be with our children. And you ought to be with your parents. Your parents are not perfect. You honor them anyway. They're doing the best they can. Sure, mess up. you'll mess up when you get big too. And parents, we don't really expect perfection of our children. We need to make them behave themselves, but we don't need to provoke our children to wrath. So anyway, physical had a lot to do with things, doesn't it? Our physical body. So be careful, brother. Even George Mueller, the great prayer warrior, said this. He's there two times in my life when I'm most tempted by the devil. Number one is when I'm traveling, because when he's traveling, he's away from his normal routine of people who know him and might be tempted to do something he wouldn't do when he's not around his support group. That's the temptation. But he said, when I really lose a lot of sleep, he said, that's also when the devil jumps on me. Remember that. The devil is a dirty fighter. So physical, right? Okay. We got one more that's spiritual. That ought to be one of the easiest ones at all, shouldn't it? Well, I got two more. I got social too. All right, I'm going to say, I'm just going to be pretty close. On, I won't take long on this. This is obvious we ought to be growing spiritually. We have a spiritual nature. i give you two scriptures. Uh, and you can think about these. One of them, you ought to think about a lot. I think about it a lot. Peter summed it up. His last will on testimony was 2 Peter. Great letter. Three chapters. Wonderful chapters. So here's what he said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, the last verse. But grow in grace. Grow in grace and in the knowledge. That means the experimental knowledge that our Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I'll read that again. We are, brothers and sisters, let's do that. Let's do it in a new way. Now, it's uh, still near the first end of the uh, the, the, the first of the year. We're close to the first of the year. I know January is almost over. We're still, this is a new year. Let's grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. But like I said, the Bible means something to us. We don't only know it in our head, it moves us. If it's not moving us, let's pray, God, you help me. Lord, I want you to move you. I'm crying sometimes, but I just say, God, please warm me up. And just, if, you're not, if you don't feel it, do right anyway. Do right anyway. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one more verse on that, because the Bible's full of things you well know. You can come up with a bunch of them tonight. It's over. In 1 John one seven. It's wonderful. If we walk in the light, that means we're being obedient to God. As He is in the light, our dear Savior. If we walk in the light, as He light, we have fellowship one with another. That means that means with Him, us and Him. If we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. We have a clean conscience. There's nothing like a clean conscience. I'm going to give you a kind of a preview. The Lord willing, I want you to pray. I don't know when it will be. I don't know how I will. live. I got a bunch of these on the shelf. I think I'll jerk this off pretty quick. I'm going to recommend something to you. Then I'm going to tell you what I want to do. I'm going to recommend a sermon to you. One of our church members recommended this to me, so I'll listen to it. I'm going to listen to it again. John MacArthur has got a sermon called Hacking Agad to Death. Hacking Agad to Death. It's a great sermon. A long sermon, but a great sermon. And Hacking Agad to Death. And what he's talking about is this. This is kind of a sidelight, but I'm going to go ahead and say it while I'm at it. You know, when God dro- told them to drive the Canaanites out of the land, he said, drive all of them out. So if you don't draw all of them out, they're going to come back and be thorns in your eyes, and thorns in your, in your sides. Remember that? They're going to come back and bite you. So what he, and what, uh, so uh, Agag was a Amalekite king. And when Saul let him off the hook, you remember he spared him, and some of the Amalekites got away to live to fight another day. And bother, Israel some more. They they should have done what the Lord told and got rid of all the Amalekites. They didn't do it. They came back to bite them. But brother old Samuel, that good prophet brother, when he got a whole leg egg, he hacked him to pieces. So what you and I've got to do is hack ourselves into pieces. I'll tell you a story y'all didn't know. This young man, I loved him so much, named Joel Reeves. I just love Joel Reeves. He's a member of Grace Chapel. His mother was one of the best members we've ever had. says, so do Reeves. And Joel got to smoking pot. We didn't know that he was smoking pot. He was. It messed him up. You can tell someone messed him up. We go down to camp. Had an emotional experience. Had a great, one of those times, We had a great emotional experience. And he got confessed his sin, so I'm going to quit this stuff. And we just praised God and had prayer with him. On the way home, he rode with somebody I know, Michael Benn. He rode with him. He threw all his joints out the window but one. I'm going to have this one. And that one hooked him Brother, He never did quit. You've got to get, if something's bothering you, kill it. Mortify it. Get rid of it. If you need help, come see Isaac and myself or some other people and we'll help you. Mortify it. If you've got something bugging you, I, that's, I won't preach that sermon tonight, but I'm pretty sure going to do that. we gotta be, we got to fight sin. Attitudes we got to fight, to will kill us. Uh, we, we, we say, well, I've made a lot of improvement now. I am almost quit. Don't almost quit anything. Just quit. Ask God to help us to do that. All right. So, anyway, back now to uh, the spiritual. And I'll read that one more time, then I'm going to get in this last couple of ones. If we walk in the light, and the reason I got on that was, the reason I got off on that, MacArthur talked about the beauty of a clean conscience. He said, We got people in our church, they're just, they're trying, they know they're not perfect. We got a lot of people, you know, you're not perfect. But a lot of you people are walking with God, I know you are. So, basically, you're doing pretty good. You feel good. You, you just feel, you don't dread something all the time. You you're not watching your back. Somebody's going to catch up with you. What a great way to live. It's wonderful to live that way. God wants us to live that way. But when you're living in sin, it's not that way. I'm miserable. I'm irritable. Uh, I lash at people. Uh, I, I'm afraid. I'm not in fellowship with God. My righteous soul is vexed day by day like lots was. So that's why I got on that. My friend, we need to... Have a good social. Uh, I mean, a, a, a good, good spiritual nature. Now, gonna, let's go to social a minute. That's our last one. In favor with, uh, in favor with men. That spiritually in favor with God. All right. Okay. Here I am now. I'm reading my Bible. Boy, I'm just reading that Bible. Boy, I'm praying. I'm going to church. My, my, my mental and my emotional are just doing great. My taking care of my body is just doing fine. Man, I'm just, I'm just feel. I got this energy. I'm just going great. Uh, in my spiritual, I'm, I'm really walking with God. Then I get out with somebody. It blows the whole thing, doesn't it? I get at outs with somebody. It may be somebody close to me. It could be me duty, Judy. And it messes everything up. Grace Chapel has been blessed for a long time with good fellowship. Let's keep asking God to help us do that. Don't take that as a granted. It's not just granted. We're sinners. We've got to work at this to work hard. So I'm going to read you. I won't go into a whole sermon. We've preached on this sometime. But social is how we get along with each other. So I'm going to read you how urgent that is as far as the Lord's concerned. It's a big priority with God for us to get along with each other. Here it is over in Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Jesus shows the priority of reconciliation when people get out with each other. Sometimes we have something festering for a long time. It just festers. And it gets, and we're just, we go a long time, we think we'll never overcome it. That's not true at all. Okay, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou... Bring thy gift to the altar. Here I'm, I'm coming to church now. I bring my gift to the altar. I bring my gift of praise. I bring my gift of sacrifice to God. And then remember that thy brother hath all against thee. Okay, I come to church. I'm going to offer up to God, but I remember I'm out with somebody. Look what the priority here. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way first. Be reconciled with thy brother. Then come and offer thy gift. Isn't that wonderful? That's pretty hot. That'd, that'd be almost like this. Let's just say, me and old Reuben. Here I, I Reuben, I'll hate to pick on you. You're one of my favorite sons in law, by the way. But I got a bunch of favorite sons in law. I won't tell you who the ones unfair. Now I got all of them my favorites. But anyway, I got the Lord read good to me. Oh, Reuben, here I'm at church. I'm, I'm going to sit out here beside the attic. I'm going to have a big old time serving God. I remember that there's something pretty bad between me and Reuben. You know what I need to do? Get up off that bench. Said Rebekah, Come over here. Let's get outside and talk a little bit, and get that cleared up. Then come back and offer my gift on the altar. That's how urgent it is. Let's read that again. Jesus, I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and they remember that thy brother had all against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way first. Be reconciled with thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Isn't that powerful? Now I'm going to read you in closing, James chapter three. Now, you know a Bible full of get along with each other. Full of it. Full of it. Full of it. If you want to read the best chapter in the Bible, Unity, in my opinion, there's a bunch of them is Ephesians 4, the whole chapter. So look at that. But I'm going to Jane for a minute. we got to have, get along socially we, with each other. And we can. The early church was a lot more diverse than we are. They had all kinds of different races, different language groups. Different cultures getting all along with each other. So here we go now. How, I want to get on, folks. So how I gotta behave myself. Well let's look at James chapter three. I need to be a wise man, a truly wise man. So I close with this. Alright. I didn't read today about the tongue, about that fountain giving salt, water, and bitter. But I'm gonna go below where he is reading in verse thirteen. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, and I didn't talk about that today, but this being bitter. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but earthly, sensual, devilish. Now get this. For where ending and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Now, the good part. Here's what I will get on. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. I'm sure tonight I'm not prepared to preach on this like I want to. I haven't studied this out in detail, but it means what it said anyway. It, it's pure. No motives, no ulterior motives. Not trying to just get on somebody's good side for some selfish reason. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. And I love this. Gentle. How about that? Gentle. I talked about kindness this morning. Gentle. Let's be gentle with each other. And you know, I hate to preach your sermon for you. I do you even say about people closest to you? That's where we have the problem sometimes. I'm on my guard when I'm around other people. I want them to think well of me. When I'm with my family and people closest to me, I need to be gentle. If I'm not being gentle, they need to repent quick and, and get Gentle. And easy to be entreated. That's a great that means easy to approach. I need to be the kind of person you say, Well, I don't mind talking to Brother Zach. I know he's not gonna be real resistant. Even if he doesn't agree with me, he's easy to be entreated. Isn't that a good one? So I could preach a whole sermon that like couldn't he. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And in the fruit of righteousness it is in stone and peace, and that make peace. My friend, the fourfold nature of man. Let's remember to keep all these, in, if we can, under control. Our Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Faith with God, faith with man. His mental and emotional, his social, his spiritual, his physical. Isn't it, isn't it great the way God made us? And he gets a manual to know how to, to make everything work right. Isn't that great?